All right, welcome to the Armchair Commanders podcast. My name is John. And I'm Jack. And this week, we are joined by a special guest to review the Mel Gibson classic Braveheart. <laughs> uh, this was done at the request of Veronica. Uh, Veronica, if you'd like to say hi and tell the folks a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Hello. Uh, my name is Veronica. I do use she, her pronouns. And uh, Braveheart, uh, I decided to go with the, the low-hanging fruit here um, as a, a Scottish historian um, and really just knock this one. Just I feel like we got to cross it off a list. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this is this is one of the reasons I got into Scottish history in the first place is uh, the film Braveheart. So <laughs> now, did you get into Scottish history because you love the film Braveheart? Or was there something about it that made you upset that you're like, I have to, I have to figure out if this is right or wrong? Uh, it's both. Um, okay. So I you know, I remember watching Braveheart as a kid, definitely far too young to be watching Braveheart. Um, and uh, just it sort of stuck with me as I grew up. And then eventually I learned, oh, everything is wrong. <laughs> um, or almost everything is wrong. Uh, and it's in my nature to want to correct things. Uh, so finding out that everything in that was wrong. I could do research to correct it. And that there are people who get paid to be historic consultants on films and, uh, and movies and, and well, films and movies, is, well, films and movies are different, but I would call Braveheart a good movie, decent film, a horrible historic record. <laughs> so I think that's I think that's a common problem we run into on this show is uh there are good movies but uh they don't yeah. always do their subject justice. Um Yeah. Which is but... a good thing you're here because I don't <laughs> know about Jack but I myself I don't know I don't know shit about Scottish <laughs> hitch, history so Yeah. Uh, to me, I'm like, when I was watching this film, I was like, yeah, punch him in the face. Yeah. Oh, and, absolutely. You, you got know. a big sword and like, there's, they're mooning the archers. This is fantastic. <laughs> um, like that's, and that's where like my definition of like movie film sort of separates is like a movie is just like, you just, you want to eat popcorn and you're like, yeah, this is great. And then a film is like, oh, this is beautiful to watch. And the acting is so good. And so you've got good movies and good films uh braveheart is is uh, i think a good movie good film and then um like i said as i got older and was like oh i really loved this story let me learn more about it and about the scottish wars of independence william wallace um i fell in love with robert the bruce this way uh all because um because really because of this movie um and again that just absolute desperate need of mine to know things and correct things <laughs> um and to make sure that everyone knows that i know it's right uh and the film is wrong uh, <laughs> so, right. um 
You know, I got to agree. I, I also love Robert the Bruce. Not the yes. historical figure, mind you. I, I like Angus McFadden, the actor who played him. But, he is um, absolutely fantastic. And he fell in love with Robert the Bruce on this film and created, uh, he like produced and starred in an unofficial sequel to Braveheart that's called Robert the Bruce um, that follows that story. Um, and that's one of my favorites as well. So there's... A, a degree of um, what I would, uh, as a Scottish historian, um, what I would say, a degree of accuracy in some of the independent Scottish independence films that have come out lately, or at least within the past 30 years. And you got Braveheart at one end of the spectrum, um, Robert the Bruce with Angus McFadden, somewhere in the middle, uh, Outlaw King gets a little bit better. Um, and uh, yeah outlaw like outlaw king is probably my favorite um at least nowadays just because i think they did a really good job of actually telling the story of robert the bruce even though there's uh of course loads of historical inaccuracies um and then uh yeah angus mcfaden playing robert the bruce in braveheart uh he was absolutely incredible he's also one of like the few actually scottish people in the film um when you break down the casting of it there's a decent number of scots you've uh like um james cosmo brian like, cox but <laughs> i feel like there's not a shortage of scottish actors that they could have pulled for this yeah there there was there were plenty <laughs> um and i think uh they had mel gibson you have big name with mel gibson who's following who also fell in love with um this this screenplay really and and this interpretation of um the wallace myth at this point um and when you've got a big name like mel gibson and he's throwing his money behind it that helps uh that helps get it out there <laughs> but uh pre, they're definitely pre crazy mel gibson that, I was gonna yeah. ask the elephant in the room, like, was this yeah. before or after? You know, I feel like this. This is this is before we realize or before we find out. Mel Gibson, not a great guy. So this is not a. <laughs> I'm not condoning Mel Gibson. I'm just saying, I enjoy. I mean, South Park. South Park kind of <laughs> South Park kind of called it early yeah. on with their episode where they just had. That's one of my favorite uh, South Park episodes is where they have. <laughs> Uh, Mel Gibson just running around town, destroying yeah. shit, yelling "Kapla!" <laughs> yeah, and it's wait a uh, minute, this guy isn't evil; he's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, they yeah, South Park does that did that a lot, does that a lot, did that a lot. They have it's just like they have a pretty listened. good track record of calling stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's I mean, just in terms of Mel Gibson being who he is um the <laughs> braveheart actually also got like called out for being anglophobic which i think is incredible like i think it's hilarious it was like this is going to lead to a rise of like anti-english crime and like people are going to start targeting english people and i'm just <laughs> i know i'm like i feel like the, the ira doesn't need any help like right and like you know this this came out in 1995 they were filming in ireland with 
I like Irish army guys playing sort of their background squads. And it's just like you, huh? <laughs> like it's um, I there's there's the two parts. Don't where it's just, don't rile the peasants up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like you're just coming off the troubles, and you're like, ah, oh, this is anti-English, and you're like, oh, buddy, I got news for you. Um, I mean. There was a whole anti-English phase of the world for like the last two hundred years. I, I think we're we're pretty solid already. Yeah, it's it's not new. Uh, I mean, Scotland is always like <laughs> this. This is going back, you know, at this point, eight hundred, nine hundred years. <laughs> um, and you're you're just saying in nineteen ninety five, oh, this is going to make people hate English people. No, it's not Braveheart. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, but so Jack, um, when you started this movie, how much did you know about Scottish history? Man, it's wild <laughs> that there's an entire country of people that talk like groundskeeper Willie. entire country if you go to this is gonna get this is see this is when we offend people if you go to edinburgh they pretty much really hears you but really doesn't care <laughs> yeah. um man i, I just... don't know anything about scottish history <laughs> uh yeah it's um it's really it's really cool it's cool enough that i went and got a master's in it so um it i think it's just an incredibly it, it it's a, an incredibly fascinating lens to view. Um, I mean, especially when we're talking about the Middle Ages, everyone gets so excited to talk about like Richard the Lionheart and like all these English people and all these French people and like Spain enters in. Um, the Crusades are what people are talking about um, in when they think of the Middle Ages. Um, and like there was this whole other thing just going on in Scotland um, that also just directly leads into things like the upcoming hopeful uh, second independence referendum um, for Scotland that's coming up uh, that like this isn't this has been a struggle of Scotland for for hundreds and hundreds for centuries um, right. there has been this this struggle and it impacts um, or or it's reflected in uh, so many other uh, spaces especially in America like you've got the North Carolina you got North Carolina and like the Appalachian region that is so heavily settled by Scotch Irish um, and uh, Ulster Scots, Highland Scots, Nova Scotia is an entire part of Canada um, that is settled by Scots um, and specifically Gaelic speakers. Um, and it's still, even though that was happening in like the 16, 17, 1800s, it's still, there was still ties directly back to um, Battle of Sterling Bridge, uh, the, the story of William Wallace, um, the impact of Robert the Bruce, it's all tied back. Um, and uh, so it's not even just like a good film for memes because like we've all, you know, cried freedom, you know. Um, one of my favorite, uh, <laughs> one 
like comedy sketches is have you ever i can't remember what program it was i think it might have been bbc but there's a sketch where they have these two scottish guys like step onto an elevator (laughs) and it's the it's voice recognition technology and the entire thing is just about how they can't understand scottish Scottish accents and you know it finally ends with both of them just yelling to the ceiling freedom yes it's absolutely beautiful and it's unfortunately that was another thing that um they sort of sort of got called as well um so even now like uh if you have any of these like smart home i don't want to say any of the names so i don't like trigger any anyone starting but like like an alexa or an echo or anything if you try to ask them in like a a glaswegian accent or like a heavier scottish accent if you try to talk to your smart home like groundskeeper willie it doesn't work (laughs) um it's just like i'm sorry i don't understand your request but if you ask it with like an english accent or if you ask it with one of the many american accents it's it's totally fine um so you you still have this this anti-scottish sentiment um see i know me and jack uh we both rewatched it yesterday separately Mm -hmm. um and we were just texting each other nonstop because I started yeah. off. I was like, God, I didn't realize I was going to need fucking subtitles to watch this movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's and and he responded. Is, yeah. He responded with that groundskeeper Willie meme. So it was mm-hmm. it was just <laughs> but I think it brings up a good point. And granted, you you had mentioned that, you know, like the Appalachians were settled pretty mm-hmm. heavily by Scottish individuals, but I remember talking to him just about like i'm sure like the amount we're making fun of scottish people like the rest of the world probably does the same to us for like people in our like south it's yes. just because it's like if you if you google like appellate like or even if you watch the discovery show like moonshiners or something yeah you're like, oh what yeah the, <laughs> what the fuck is popcorn saying to me like yeah <laughs> yeah so even um even so I'm uh, based like right outside of Philly and I would st- like, I was getting made fun of by Scots people for my accent um, because every once in a while I would say water instead of water, which is like a Philly area thing. Um, and they're like, what's that? Oh my God. Like it's, it's water. Okay. <laughs> so both me and Jack Hale from the Midwest and uh, I don't say it. Yes, hail. <laughs> but the one that always gets me, um, and I will always make fun of my wife for it, is uh, she says bag, not bag. Bag. How no. you say it? Shut bag. up, Jack. You're wrong. Shopping bag. Shopping bag. <laughs> a shopping bag or, up on the rough. Or milk. Oh, it's yeah. Milk. It's an I. Milk. Milk. No, don't like it. I don't like it. uh i will say um when you uh when you enjoy scottish media or even when you break down um some of the the things that like scottish people have invented um it makes a lot of the culture makes more sense if you are something other than scotch they've um golf um oh i I I suppose they did about that, didn't they? Uh, field hockey. 
um curling these all uh invented by scott curling Curling, yes so even to this day if you are um a curler uh those those marble bowling ball they have a name um those the curling stones whatever the stones um they only come from a specific quarry in scotland um and that's gonna make it super expensive yeah uh, but it's one of these things when you look at these these um, cultural contributions, they make a lot of sense if you are very drunk um, and the only thing you have to do is like play on a frozen river. Like, um, I think it's... <laughs> I, I, I personally, I love the one of the earliest scenes in this movie yes which is the you know the wedding party dance yeah. what have you and then mel gibson and uh brendan gleason have yeah. their te- test of manliness yes. and <laughs> this is where we like this is where the film starts off with all of it's like there's so many great one-liners in this movie yes yeah but one of my favorite is when brendan gleason drops a rock in front of uh mel gibson and he's like a test of manliness and mel gibson's like you win and he just turns around and walks yeah. away <laughs> yes it's got it's got some great sort of classic night like those witty 90s witticisms uh that's pretty redundant but um yeah there's it's and it's so um i mean that's uh, that is a part of Highland culture. Uh, it is this sort of strongman um, aspect. So, um, or uh, the, you, the very you good see, like, like the Highland Brian. games and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I also it was kind of a dick move on his part, but I also yes. love Brian Cox's <laughs> line, where you know, child William Wallace is like, mm-hmm. I don't want to move away. He's like, Well, you didn't want your dad to die either, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Checkmate. Yeah. Score one, Brian Cox. Always, always. Um, yeah, there is. I'm just like going through. Because, yeah, already what, so. What would be, like, ooh, sorry, what would be yeah. your favorite <laughs> one liner in this film? Um, ooh, my favorite one liner. So there's uh, one of. <laughs> One of my favorite characters is uh, Stephen the Irishman. Um, and It's not a very Irish name, but... No. Uh, but he, he has some good ones because he uh, hears voices and so he responds to the voices, things like that. But there's one uh, where they're talking about like taking back Ireland. Uh, and he says something along the lines of like, that's my island. I want it. Like, it's mine. Like, and that just, just, he has this look in his eyes. Um, and that, that one always gets me. Um, but. Craziest uh, man on my island, but of course I'm not on my island. Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, he always had some good ones. Um, yeah, there's, you get any number of. Um, oh, anytime they talk about the myth of William Wallace, there's, he has this 
one of many rousing speeches, but he talks about, it's like, I'm sure you all thought that you've heard that I'm seven feet tall and I shoot lightning out of my arse. Um, like that's always a good line as well of just, uh, just you've got thinking of a man who's seven feet tall uh, wearing a kilt like Mel Gibson does. And you're just like, that's a bad look for anybody. <laughs> um, uh, but it, uh, that's, that's one of the ones that gets me too. Jack, what was your uh, favorite one liner? I don't know. I, I was a huge fan of the um, seven foot tall and lightning out of his ass. I actually <laughs> believed he could for a split second. <laughs> he was quite, and he gave that rousing speech of, mm-hmm. yeah, let's just fight the English. Mm-hmm. And then he birthed the greatest battle cry ever known to man. Kapla! <laughs> does that actually does, does that actually make any sense or mean anything? Or is that just a random word they chose? <laughs> as far as I'm I'm aware, that was just Mel Gibson being Mel Gibson. Um oh, Okay. <laughs> So, um, there were a number of, um, Gaelic war cries that they would use, um, that, you know, really just boil down to like freedom or death. Um, and they could have used any of that. Uh, there is a severe lack of, um, Gaelic speakers in uh in Braveheart which is one of especially when you're talking about um the middle ages and some of these um they're not city centers or anything they're not points of high trade like they are essentially the backwoods kind of um so why are they all speaking english uh unless they have to um that's one thing um, William Wallace himself could speak several languages. He was very well educated. Yeah. That's that's a huge difference from the film is that he's actually like low level, like land owning gentry. So he could read and write. We have letters from him. We have letters that mention him um, as historic artifacts. And we have, um, we know that he was able to like go to France and speak to uh, the king of France at the time to get aid to help fight England. Um, he could speak Latin or he could read Latin. He was very, very well ed- educated. And I, th- I think it sort of shows um, in the film, but it, 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 he still has it this, like, he came from nothing, kind of. Uh, they definitely give him that, like, Oh, I'm not the the average Scotsman, like you know. Mm. Um, but the whole like the Latin thing, which they hit on heavily, or I don't know if heavily is the right word. But right. The thing that I appreciated was the moments where every time there actually is like a preacher, they're mm-hmm. speaking in Latin, and I'm like, it blows my mind for a film. And granted, like I said, I don't know anything about Scottish history, but I do know like a little bit of medieval mm-hmm. history. So the fact that like they could get something right as <laughs> okay, all of our priests are going to do all of their prayers in Latin because yeah. pre-Reformation, that's the only language the Bible was spoken in. Absolutely. Um, 
I was just laughing at the the comment if they could get something right, um, which is absolutely true. They did a, they got that right. You would do your prayers in Latin. Um, the Bible was only still really only reserved for uh, a holy uh, people who've taken holy orders. Like they're the only ones who should be knowing how to read the Bible or have access to reading the Bible unless you have money, unless you have that access. Um, and that's when you get like book of hours and, and, and these hand commissioned manuscripts, things like that. Um, so yeah, that is, that is something they got right. <laughs> uh, among, among many things. Um, I will say most of most recently as I've watched uh, Braveheart again, um, the, the drinking game that my friends, uh, have invented about it has gotten the better of me. And I usually don't make it too sober to that point. <laughs> Go on about this drinking what? game. Yes. So, yes. Um... You can't bring up a drinking game and not tell us the rules. Uh, the rules are let's watch a movie. Um, and anytime Veronica corrects something in it, you take a drink. Braveheart is just constant. constant it's just constant um so it i mean even braveheart referring to william wallace is incorrect braveheart has always historically been used to refer to robert bruce but they were like that's a great name we're gonna give it to william wallace instead um so like you just right off the bat you take a drink <laughs> um just just by starting the movie just by starting the movie um the uh everyone's running around in kilts as well uh and they're running around in what should be great kilts they are not um they would typically i mean uh, first of all they're 500 years too early on kilts uh kilts really get introduced um in the, uh, the 16th century um so as, what was the yeah. what was the go-to like clothing then pre -kilt? pants it's it's just really pants it's really just like <laughs> i was i was ex i don't know why i was expecting something more elaborate but just it's you're just pants it's yeah it's Literally pretty much it. like your standard like medieval peasant it's going to be like the leggings um like the long tunics uh, oh like robin like robin hood men in tights type deal <laughs> a little bit yeah uh they're manly men in tights instead of manly men in skirts um so uh yeah it it's <laughs> the scots they're not so different from you and i um there's they it would still just be your sort of standard medieval wear um the there's this really fascinating overlap in Braveheart of like a uh, uh, sort of Celtic resurrection and Highland romanticism at a point in time where there wasn't really either one of those things. Um, so even painting themselves blue, uh, that's a holdover from Celtic tribalism. Um, so you have uh, I was going to say, isn't the like painting yourself blue thing a little more, and I might be wrong about this because it's another terrible 
movie when it comes to historical is it, accuracy. Is it but, King Arthur? Is it King yes. Arthur? I was going to say, was, <laughs> was it like Queen Boudicca known for like mm-hmm. painting herself? Uh, so yeah, Queen Boudicca, one of my absolute favorite historical figures as well. Um, she was part of uh, a Celtic tribe um, in uh, just outside of, of what's now London. Um, and uh, she, this is during the Roman occupation. So this is Roman Britain fighting the Celts. She's below Hadrian's wall. Um, and this is when they are painting themselves as well. They're painting images of, of um, their gods and, and just ways of, they thought it would protect them. Uh, or at least that's what we think. We don't have any any records from the Celts themselves uh, because they didn't have a written language. So everything we have is coming from Roman occupiers. Um, it's coming from the church. It's coming hundreds of years down the line. Um, so that's, that's our best uh, historical guess. Uh, now, one of the traps that Braveheart one of the many traps Braveheart falls into is relying heavily uh, on images of Celts and, by extension, Scots from Julius Caesar. Uh, so Julius Caesar is the one who writes about Celts, these these crazy blue people, um, uh, covering using woad to paint themselves. I think, yeah. I think I've seen this movie before. Jack, you, I, this sounds a lot like Avatar, don't you think? <laughs> Hmm. It's crazy blue people. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the Navi, clearly Scottish. Um, <laughs> uh, they have their, they have their little, their loincloths, you know, they're, um, they love the land, live in the mountains. Scots. Um, <laughs> they have sex with their hair. Yeah, Absolutely. With the Scottish Highlands, I'm honestly yeah. surprised they didn't take more advantage of the uh, Lord of the Rings watching people run, uh, like panning view. Because I only think I remember like one of those in this. Yes. Um, yeah. There is. They did a decent amount. I know they did a decent amount of filming in Scotland, but they also did a lot of filming in Ireland. The landscape is just different enough that some people would notice the difference, I think. Um, I mean, it's also uh, a little easier to film in Ireland than Scotland. Sometimes it's actually a little sunnier in Ireland than it is in Scotland. Um, the weather is better. Um, uh, like William but, Wallace yeah. said, it's good Scottish weather. It's coming down straight. It's Yes. <laughs> um, you can always count on it raining every single day, um, at least in my experience. So yeah, when it came straight down, it was a great day. You could use your umbrella. It was going to be fine. Uh, but there's always a large number of discarded umbrellas on the side of the streets, on the side of on the sidewalks um, on those rainy days. Um, but I, uh, I know Peter Jackson was inspired uh, by Braveheart um, in terms of some of that filming for Lord of the Rings. Um, and he has the added benefit of having filmed in New Zealand. Um, which has all of that same, um, that same sort of arch- uh, not architecture, landscaping. Um, but yeah, it would have been, 
really wonderful to see more of how the Scots in the Wars of Independence were utilizing their land. They knew their land better than than the English. Um, and they used it to their advantage. And that's something that, that has been done, obviously, everywhere. You know, your, your indigenous population is always going to use the land to their advantage. Um, but that's something that they just, really skip over in Braveheart. I was going to say, it just seemed to me where it's like, yeah, we're occupying Scotland. Mm -hmm. What for? Just to build forts and be dicks. Like, that's that's what this movie boils it down to. Like, there's yeah. there doesn't seem to be an actual <laughs> reason for them to want to have Scotland other than spite. Uh, yeah, that's really uh, one of the motivators uh, in the film, which... It, for Longshanks, um, for King Edward, it was about control. He, you have one island that is split up into Wales, England, and Scotland. And he wanted to control all of it. Um, e and even down the road, uh, even down the this, this historical timeline, when you get into... Um, like the Jacobite rebellions, revolutions, uprisings, however you want to frame those. Uh, it depends on what side you're on. Um, it's wanting Scotland for control um, to like end this sort of barbarism uh, that exists uh, north of Hadrian's Wall. Um, oh, yes. And, and, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> we, will quell, we will quell the savages. We've never seen that motif before exactly uh and this is this is a continuing pattern in scottish history is this weird othering um i only say weird because it's like you're you're all white people on one island what's wrong with like they talk different than you and that's weird um so like i'm sorry you can't understand them but also you're 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 all white <laughs> <laughs> and you're all you all you know worship well, the same you god see, the, like... <laughs> you see those savages up north yep. just throw rocks at each other for fun absolutely <clears throat> they they paint themselves blue they wear they wear the men wear dresses and they're throwing rocks at each other what an uncultured place have you seen their cuisine like um they just eat all of the lamb I, I don't think the like, English have any any place to be like, can you believe what they eat? Like, come on. <laughs> like. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but and yet um, it, it, it is this continuing motif of English monarchs seeing Scots as people who need um to be redeemed or people who need to be civilized. Uh, and like I said, that, that is, con that continues even today. You know, there is this, like, when you look at the political scene, um, especially post um, Brexit of just this infantilism, like infantilizing Scottish people um, or a Scottish government um, and, 
You know what? Maybe they were onto something. Maybe Braveheart is uh, anglophobic. I think I am really hating on the English right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. They deserve it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's one thing that Braveheart really... Um, uh, I, I mean, it, it kind of does. Um, it, it's made in this time, like post Margaret Thatcher. Um, and so there is, there was still this emphasis on taking care of Scotland and getting Scotland separated from England. Um, so you can, you can maybe make an argument <laughs> um, that Braveheart is really just trying to bring uh, light back to a Scottish fire that's been going out. Um, you can make that argument just because, you know, it's boosted, it boosted tourism to Scotland. It's got people talking about it, people like myself doing research about it. Um, well, I mean, besides William Wallace, Golf, and Nessie, I mean, what do they got going for them? Uh, scotch. There, there is that. There I is scotch. Um, I bet uh, William Wallace could have could have won <laughs> if uh, he had enlisted the Loch Ness monster into his uh, little battle formation. It would have been. Uh, it would have been nice. It's a little far north, but I think she could have made the journey. Um, <laughs> there's lots of rivers and locks. I think it would have been, uh, I think it could have been, she, she could have been the game changer there. Uh, <laughs> it would have made his speech a lot more impressive. <laughs> I am mean? seven feet tall and I do, uh, have lightning bolts come out of my ass and I ride a, a Leopluridon. Uh, <laughs> Triassic period. Yes. That's the goddamn like this monster. Yes. It would be. Um, I mean, it definitely would have made the Battle of Stirling Bridge very different. Um, you would have only had to have paid her tree fitty to be there. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been, it would have been great. Um, yeah, there's <laughs> just in terms of even, um, some other Scottish media, uh, or Scots Scottish based media in Outlander um this this was in the books did not make it into the tv show but there is a part where time traveling claire meets the loch ness monster um and like that's a plot point in, in the outlander books which are other things that i have a huge issue with there is at least sounds like a book i need to check out um i per it's one of those things i prefer the series to the book uh, which doesn't happen very, very frequently. Um, I, the, the history is better in the, the Outlander series than it is in the book. Um, and part of that is just because uh, Diana Gabaldon was trying to write about the, Scottish, or, uh, the Jacobite rebellion um, in Arizona in like 1990. Like she didn't have a whole lot of resources. Um, but that a lot of that has been corrected in um, the TV show, uh, which so I just prefer that. And they also they like go to America. They settle in North Carolina. There's a lot of really um, it does it. Outlander does a good job of 
capturing a lot of the the Scottish Scottish experience in in 1745, 1746, and on from there, uh, which has not been captured in <laughs> uh, in some other some other uh, Scottish media. <laughs> right. So uh, yeah. I need I need to take a slight diversion here Absolutely, because yeah. my my whiskey brain is making me do this. Um, because we were talking about the Loch Ness monster, yes. it made me think about dinosaurs. Jack, do you remember my my thing about dinosaurs in college? Yes. <laughs> would you <laughs> would you like to tell Veronica about my thing Please. about dinosaurs in college? Please. He I refuses need... to believe dinosaurs exist. I you... caveat: I do believe in dinosaurs. I do. Let's get that at the beginning of this story <laughs> right now. He spent he spent an entire fucking year gaslighting us into believing that he didn't believe in dinosaurs. Oh, so just this... for funsies? <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Oh, so <laughs> back when me and my wife were still dating, so she was girlfriend at the time. Mm -hmm. We went to this amusement park. Uh, it was me, her, and her sister. And mind you, her sister was like a freshman or a sophomore in high school at this point. And uh, we went to this amusement park, and one of the attractions they had was this thing called Dinosaurs Alive, where they had these, like, life-size animatronic dinosaurs. Oh, and yes! You would walk along this path, and, like, you'd have a T-Rex yell at you, and, like, yeah. there'd be, like, a stegosaurus in the background. It, you know, it was, it was yeah. cool, but also remarkably mediocre. So... I started just being a dick about it. I was like, <laughs> man, they really want me to believe that like these are real dinosaurs. Like this is the fakest shit I've ever seen. And it just became like a little inside joke. But then I just kept doing it because I was like, oh, this is a funny joke. Yeah. And uh, finally it got back to my friend Jack here and our, our friend group in college um, where it just started off innocuous, where it's like, I don't believe in dinosaurs. So you just leave it at that. Yeah. But then when you say a statement like that, and especially in a college setting, <laughs> it tends to raise some eyebrows. And yes. people in college, being the smartasses they are, want to prove you wrong. Because, um, you know, that's that's how you win college is by being right. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's how I won college. Right. <laughs> So they, they started asking me about it and I, I didn't go the like religious route where I was mm -hmm. like, oh, it, it like test of faith, nothing yeah. like that. I went, you know, big science enlisted the help of the government to plant <laughs> these bones in order to drive up museum admission sales. And like, I, I, I had this big, big oh. thing where it was all like dinosaurs were this like government conspiracy thing and you know you don't when you've when you've made the decision to take the stance i'm going to say i don't believe in dinosaurs every time dinosaurs come up in conversation you don't realize how big of a commitment that is because <laughs> dinosaurs come up in conversation a fucking lot i yeah. found out like it is ridiculous how much the average person well, I bet at least once a year, you probably talk about dinosaurs, like minimum. Oh, more than that. 
It's definitely yeah. more than that. I uh so, so I'm yeah. in the Jurassic what? Park generation. Okay. <laughs> All I do is talk about dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, that was that was part of my my spiel was uh Steven Spielberg was in on it too. Oh, there you go. With See, his with his movies. <laughs> As um, a person who works in museums, um, and who has worked in museums for the past twelve years, I think I've I've been in museums of uh, a while. Um it's no the dinosaurs don't pay the museums there's no money in dinosaurs (laughs) there's no money in museums Um, there's no money in dinosaurs i love that uh i mean that should that should be on a like an archaeology (laughs) degree program poster there's no money in dinosaurs (laughs) during archaeology project (laughs) yes um but this this story there there is an ending to it because jack can attest this got to be really old really quickly Um, and i'd like to remind you he kept this up for a year that's that's dedication to the bit that's it was it was great any anytime we had like a party or something and there's like a new group of people that they invited over for they're like John, I swear to God, don't talk about fucking dinosaurs tonight. And they're like, oh, you mean those mythical creatures? And then it started all over. Uh, It finally got to a point where I I did this at a party. And, you know, me and my wife, we came home. And mind you, we're still dating at this time. And uh, we had just (laughs) laid down in bed. And she looks over at me and she's like, John, I need you to be 100% honest with me right now. Because... I, I don't know if I can be with somebody who doesn't believe in dinosaurs. <laughs> She's like, I, I need you to tell me, do you believe in dinosaurs? Yes or no? And I was a little bit offended because I was like, there's no way she would leave me over something this trivial. So I was like, I got to I got to stick the knife in just a little one last oh. time. I was like, <laughs> I have my doubts. And she didn't respond to me. She stood up and she walked out the door oh, of our bedroom. No. And I'm like, ooh, might have pushed this one a little too oh, far. No. So the next day I went on the John Does Believe in Dinosaurs apology tour. <laughs> so it was quite the press tour. <laughs> you had to CNN go to the Chicago Field Museum and apologize directly to sue the T-Rex. Yeah. <laughs> Like I showed, like I showed up to lunch wearing uh, like a Jurassic Park T-shirt. Just <laughs> it was quite the character development for you, quite the oh. turn you needed. I know it has nothing to do with Braveheart, but I just um, like I, I would said, say it I, has I had to go with it. About as much to do with Braveheart as as anything but, else in Braveheart has to do with Scottish history. So, <laughs> but on a quick note about dinosaurs, I hate how the Europeans were like, oh, they're probably just big lizards that lived millions of years ago. And ancient China's like, oh, it looks like dragons to me. Yeah. Why did yeah. we change that? We could have just gone with dragons. It would have been a lot cooler. We could have um, just codified them as dragons. Like a pterodactyl dragon. Hell yeah. Fuck it. T-Rex, I mean, for all we dragon know, without it, wings. For all we know, they breathed fire. What? We don't know any different. Yeah. That's what they could have been. I mean, it's just like uh, when the first, uh, some of the first mammoth skulls were getting dug up, they were like, that's a Cyclops skull. Yep. Like, we could have kept that. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. And, and just speaking it about, always, sorry, go ahead. It always blows. I was going to say, it always blows my mind when those, God, where was it? It was like Alaska or Siberia. These guys got like super lost and uh, they actually like found a preserved mammoth. And because they were lost and starving, they ate this prehistoric mammoth. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Oh, I bet it tastes fucking awful. I mean, I bet it was a little freezer burnt. Just a I little, little. I all I can think of is um, <laughs> one of the reasons Thomas Jefferson approved the Lewis and Clark expedition was so he was like, "There's mammoths out west." You're going to ah, find yes. me one so yeah, I, I can eat that. it. <laughs> and oh, I thought you were like, going to say, I want to ride it into battle. No, I'm pretty sure he wanted to eat it. Um, oh, that doesn't shock me. It No, it doesn't. Um, it's just that's he's yeah, he's one of my historic nemesis. <laughs> I have a couple historic nemeses um, and I will do anything in my life to tie horrible things back to them. Uh, so, and you said it's Andrew Jackson. <laughs> I, Andrew Jackson's up there. I don't have. Any, what, like... what did Andrew cry me a trail of tears? Jackson ever do? <laughs> he did nothing wrong. Oh, uh, oh boy, no, he did. Oh boy, oh, he did a lot wrong. Um, but uh... tell that to his cane. Yeah, and he was the one who had the parrot who got kicked out of his funeral, right? He, he also what? served like that thousand pound wheel of cheese. Yeah, he did. He did some weird things. We don't. Did it, I was going to say, did, was it Jackson or was it Jefferson that had a pet goat that killed a kid? That sounds what? like Jackson. <laughs> Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson was um just he was a little bitch i'll say it um <laughs> i have the same opinion of alexander hamilton um like i just i can't stand thomas jefferson um one of one oh god a research paper um one of the research papers i did to get uh my sort of designation of scottish historian was just going through things that Thomas Jefferson published and being like, actually, he stole this from Scottish people. Uh, he stole all of his good thoughts from the Scottish Enlightenment. So, um, hey, um, the one the one good thing yeah, Thomas but, Jefferson but he did. Put them, sorry. He put them in the greatest language, American. He put so them now. in American. Uh, so people can actually read them. Um, ah, we don't need to read. Um, <laughs> Speaking of Jefferson, if our yeah. viewers at home haven't seen it, go check out our review of 1776. So there we go. Um, great, one, great musical. It's oh, fantastic! Absolutely. Um, one thing I will give to Thomas Jefferson: it does not outweigh all of the other reasons why I hate him, because there's a lot of reasons. Um, he invented the wheelie office chair. You hate him for inventing the wheel. No, that's the only thing he did <laughs> oh, that I approve I was of. Like, <laughs> I was like, that's a weird thing to dislike, but I mean, you do you. Odd hell to die on, but go ahead. No, 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 no. The one thing, the one thing he did that I approve of <laughs> is he was the one who took his chair and went, what if I put it on wheels? <laughs> Truly a man ahead of his time. <laughs> like, 
I'll give you that one, Tommy boy. Um, but uh, I, I don't think I've ever heard of Thomas Jefferson as being referred to as Tommy boy, but I think that needs to be canon for our show yep. now. Absolutely, you're welcome. I give you this gift, <laughs> which is which is great. She charges because... for the other ones. <laughs> yeah. It's great because we're reviewing Hamilton in like three or four episodes, so oh. perfect timing. Yeah, talk about historical inaccuracies. Um, yeah, there's 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 a lot of good ones out there. We were talking about Braveheart, though, right? <laughs> yeah, something, now, Jack, something about what? that. Then we started talking about mammoths. Uh... Yeah, we got oh, Loch Ness monster, dinosaurs. Remember right? We got there. Um, it so would have been. What was your uh, favorite part of this movie? Arrow, arrow volley, moon. Yeah. Then the, the English shoot again. Like oh shit, and then pick back up the shields. Some of them yeah. don't make it. It's great. Yeah, that's. I think one. mooning people needs to be a more common practice in warfare. Uh, yeah truly a lost art <laughs> see I that's where they should have they should have painted their asses like the spartans did with their shields yeah. like everybody, <laughs> yeah, there you everybody, go. everybody puts their family crest on their ass cheek oh yeah yeah absolutely. this is the, the invention of ass tattoos um yeah. again makes a lot of sense when you're drunk it just goes back to a lot of things in Scottish culture and Scottish history make a lot of sense if you drink a lot of scotch. Um, it's funny because uh, I'll actually be getting a tattoo on my buttocks in the near future. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and I won't, I won't even be intoxicated for it. So oh. well, uh, it's, a, it's in honor of my, my dear friend Jack here. So uh -huh. oh. that's true. Yeah. And I'm getting a matching one. Sorry, Mom. Oh. <laughs> so we're we're big South Park fans, and okay. uh, did did you ever see the the episode where a bunch of kids in school just decided to ship Tweak and Craig together? Yes. Yeah, the and they're like, they're like, together. we don't cons they're like, we don't consent to this, guys. Like, like we're not together, and they're like, no, you're you're a couple now. <laughs> and then they've been a couple since that episode. Yeah. That episode is honestly one of my favorites. Oh, I love Tweak that. and Craig. I love that for you guys. That's, that's <laughs> so, oh, we love it. We love to see it. We, we love, love to see it. two men who love each other. Male bonding and male finest. bonding. Just guys being dudes. Right. <laughs> Living in I the just, moment. I've I've gotten to the point in my tattoo journey where I'm getting stupid shit on me now. So yeah, well now you just have to like fill space. <laughs> like <laughs> I've been. I've well, that's like. It. I have I have this one here, uh -huh. which is a tooth. Yes. And uh, I got that uh, in honor of another one of my buddies. Mm -hmm. His name is Tim. And uh, he was actually the best man at my wedding. And a few years ago, he had a stroke. Oh and when goodness. he had a stroke, yeah, he, he's okay now. Yeah. Uh, don't feel too bad. Anyways. <laughs> Yeah, don't feel too bad. He had a stroke, but he's he's fine. He's kind of a dick now because he, he just holds he that over you. <laughs> he had a stroke and he fell down and he lost a tooth when oh, he fell down. Okay. And they and you know part of like getting a replacement tooth is you need to have the like 
OG one to cast the mold. Yeah. Well, they they never were able to find the original tooth, so he's just had a a gap in his smile since mm. then. And so me being a smart ass, and I'm at the point of my life where I'm getting stupid tattoos. Yep. I got a tooth tattooed on me, and I I went up to him one day. I was like, "Hey, I found your tooth." He's like, "You're a <laughs> dick." That's a good one. I like that one. What was your first tattoo, John? Uh, my first one, that was my bathtub pinup girl. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, classic. So I have a, I have a pinup of my wife, uh, on my thigh, and it's from one of my favorite memories of her, which is I came home from work one day and like, I heard her showering. So Mm. I was like, I'm going, like, I'm going to be a dick. I'm going to go scare her. And so I go into the shower and like I rip open the uh-huh. the curtain trying to scare her and it doesn't scare her. And she just like looks over at me like super sheepishly. And she has one of those lunchable pizza kits. Like... <laughs> yeah, she's eating a lunchable pizza while taking a shower. So I have a I have a tattoo in in the like 1940s pinup style yes. of her eating a slice of pizza in a shower that's incredible Which, if if you're amenable to it i'd be more than happy to share it with you through messages and whatnot because it, it it's it's a very fun tattoo that's your wife sounds like the most incredible person i have ever heard of i love i yeah. love that so so much strong supporter it- of the dinosaurs and lover of pizza <laughs> Oh, so she's bought bought off, is she? (laughs) (laughs) Big archaeology got to her. Oh my goodness. Okay, I do need to say, archaeology is the study of human, like the remnants of humans. Paleontology is dinosaurs. But I wouldn't expect you to know that because you don't believe in dinosaurs. So that's right. Get get a lot of this scientist here. First, she's shitting all over this documentary, and now we're using words wrong. <laughs> yes, the very historically accurate documentary, Braveheart. It felt, it. Dirty, it felt you, dirty saying that. You out, you out, pedantry the pedant. So I, yeah, see, this is this is why I went into my field, um, is so that I can just every once in a while, it comes up that. I get to because the most the most frequent question I get um, of oh well, what did you study oh I have my degrees in Scottish history what do you do with that I'm like yep and I'm like what are you doing here <laughs> um, uh, so I work with historic ships which is really fantastic these have nothing to do with Scotland or Scottish history but uh, I. My coworkers can attest that at any given moment, I will try to connect the history of the ship or someone on board the ship to Scotland. Um, because damn it, I'm, I paid for it. I'm gonna use it. There you go. <laughs> and uh, it does let me be incredibly pedantic about things. Um, and just, you know, bringing up, like that's, that's not what kilt, that's not how you wear a kilt. Um, and that kilt has been machine pleated and not hand pleated, and that's historically inaccurate. And like, 
um so it's it, you know, it's my curse it's my curse it's what i do i have to uh i have to be the one who's right all the time and it's uh that's a that's another reason i i work in uh historic sites as well is because when you're a tour guide a docent an interpreter or anything like that you have a captive audience they can't leave and they have to listen to you talk and that's important to me as just for my growth as a person haha <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to leave yeah, it's like you explicitly played for this, and now you're going to listen to me not at all talk about the history of the submarine and instead talk about how it may or may not have actually gone to Scotland. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, shout out. Sorry, Greg. Uh, boss Greg Williams, um, <laughs> who was he was for on those, for you a couple weeks yeah. ago. So. For, for those who didn't catch it uh friend of the podcast greg he uh did run silent run deep with us so go ahead and check that out as well yeah. i think uh jack's comment of his favorite scene leads it it leads into my favorite which is that first like really big battle scene yeah and i know it's probably not going to like you know the common theme here is it's not accurate mm -hmm. but i i just i love medieval or i just love like big battle set scene like sword yes. fighting scenes like mm -hmm. like kingdom of heaven uh. like i love those battles i loved like the last battle in last samurai yes. troy like i love these cinematic moments they're really great mm -hmm. and like even though in a way they're all the same they're mm -hmm. all unique in their own way mm -hmm. so i i really love that scene but within that scene was something i had to text like i had to look up and <laughs> i ended up texting jack about it because i was like the scene where the heavy cavalry mm -hmm. charges at the scottish and they Oh my god you spears what a novel concept mm -hmm. um like we never thought of this before um it is such a graphic scene of killing of horses yeah I was like, oh yeah i was like i was like jesus christ like so i had to google i was like how many fucking horses died making this movie? <laughs> and yeah the an the answer is zero and i was like no way and the like, answer I, may shock you <laughs> Like even the scene where William Wallace rides the horse out of a window into a fucking lake. The, the horse like, made it. Yeah. That yeah, happened, well, right? It, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Please tell me he went on like a like a rampage of killing Scottish noblemen. Not really. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways. I so I was I was looking up this horse thing because I was like Jesus how did Peter get on this but yeah um it it genuinely it was just a combination of like clever editing where they had like yeah. the films in different areas and then yep. they also used like fake horses but I was like mm -hmm. that was such a well edited and well yeah. shot moment that I like like I said I had to Google it because I was like I wasn't convinced that they didn't kill a couple of fucking horses doing this yeah it's it's 
a good test like a it's a fantastic film it's done it has these beautiful cuts um so like when you watch it it's very different than watching some like modern or contemporary um films that use horses that like show horses getting speared and like you can tell like that like that's a special effect um this is this was still in a time when they're like the horses run in and like there's like a split second cut before you actually see any of any damage get done and um there's just this incredibly fine choreography that goes into shots like that um and i do think uh like i said braveheart i think is a testament to the skill of a good editor to i mean the music is some of my favorite music score that like i've ever heard and it sticks with me and the the only way you can uh get through listening to three hours of bagpipes in a row but (laughs) so the irish um were the ones who invented the bagpipe they introduced it to the scottish and the scots still haven't figured out that it was a joke um (laughs) uh i won't lie i i do appreciate some Mm -hmm. uh I do appreciate some bagpipe music from time to time. Oh, I, my, I love it. <laughs> one of my favorite bands is the Dropkick Murphys. So yes. Oh, absolutely. There, there, there's a time and a place for it. Yeah. Um, the difference between an Irish bagpipe and a Scottish bagpipe is the Irish bagpipes were more about like music. So they're a little quieter. The Scottish bagpipes were like, we need to be heard. This is how we're going to like let people know we're here. This is how we're going to communicate is we're just going to have some guy breathe into this bag and he's going to squeeze it and it's going to make a sound and the sound will be good or the sound will be bad. We don't know yet, um, but it's meant to be heard across distances. Whereas like the Irish bagpipes, a little, a little softer. They're not, they, they're not supposed to have that, that sort of staying power. I don't think um, I, could ever believe that bagpipes would be referred to as soft in any context yeah (laughs) yeah it's uh i love i i got to live up the street from a bagpiping school in glasgow and it was (laughs) i wish i was like it was it was like finals week that sounds that sounds made up i know um I picked the wrong major. <laughs> it was it was fantastic, um, but it was like it's my... like we we reviewed uh, Joy Noel uh, uh-huh. last Christmas, which famously has uh, you know it's about the Christmas truce of nineteen fourteen, yes. and it very famously has a scene where you know like a German starts singing, and then yeah. the the Scots are they Scotsmen or are they Irish? I can't remember. Anyways, they start well, they playing. Were, back if by... they're wearing kilts, they were Scottish. Because the um, during World War One, um, the Highland Infantry, the Scottish battalions wore kilts in the trenches. They were the only ones who didn't get trench crotch. Okay. Because they could, so... they were aired out, <laughs> as opposed to pants. So like th- weird, w- like why do I need pants? To know you mean that? leg prisons? <laughs> um, um. So yeah, I, like I would. Wear, I I'm not ashamed to say it. I mm-hmm. I personally I own a kilt. It's it's stupid because it's is it a utility kilt? I got the original. <laughs> the, 
Okay. <laughs> you know the company 511, right? Yes, yes, I do. So 511 511 came out with the original Tacticilt. Yes. And they did come out with it as an April Fool's Day like promotion. Uh-huh. And, and everyone's long, like, the, no, absolutely. No. <laughs> yeah, for the longest time, you could they would only do a production run of like two weeks. So it was always like a highly sought after item. And I got it back in the time frame. Now you can just buy fucking tactical yes. wherever you want. It's not yep. cool anymore. But I do own a tactical. Hold on. Hold and on. I, I rewind. It's not cool anymore. I okay. ha I have news for you. It wasn't cool then either. <laughs> oh, that's didn't need to make that personal. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Called you was... out. <laughs> that's it. Podcast over. Podcast done. Sorry, you've lost your privileges. You you don't get to be on her podcast anymore. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they're breezy. Great for trench warfare. So yeah, if they were wearing kilts in Joya Noel, it would uh, they yeah. would have been Scots. Anywho, going back to the like <laughs> the whole bagpipes school yes. thing being made up. There's a scene in that where they literally like one guy's playing the bagpipes, mm -hmm. and then another guy walks up to him. He's like, "Hand it here," and he just hands it over, and he starts playing bagpipes. It's like, does everybody in this fucking trench know how to play bagpipes? Is that just like part of your Scottish citizenship, like? You have to know. No, there's, <laughs> it's there's an astonishing number of people in Scotland who every time they hear a bagpipe, they just like, because they're so loud. Um, and Sick if you, it. it's, oh yeah. But uh, being up the street from one, while I was working on like a thesis, and they had finals week, was wild because it was honestly eight hours a day of hearing bagpipes and just part of me wanting to be like yes let's fight the english like let's go to war i feel so proud of this like this is what scotland is um but uh yeah so what what yeah. did you think of that like first major battle scene like is it yeah. is it anywhere remotely close to how that battle went in any way um i mean the long and short of it sure um in terms of because um, that's the about um i'm trying to think that's that's not the battle of sterling bridge isn't the first one is it i think it might be um there's it, it's still movie medieval fighting um so it's still not going to be a hundred percent accurate at that point um there the scots were using more guerrilla warfare because they didn't have the numbers that the english did so yeah they were coming up with um spears with pikes um just doing everything they didn't have the same kind of cavalry that the english did um so just doing everything that they can to um, overcome that that difference in that power level difference um uh yeah it's, i think uh i think that one is the battle of sterling bridge the first one um which is ironic because they don't there's no bridge 
um, in in the film. Ah, they semantics. Have, um, but the whole point for the Battle of Sterling Bridge, the whole reason it was there, um, the whole reason they had that fight at Sterling Bridge was because it funneled in those numbers, because it made, you know, to harken back to 300 a little bit, it makes it makes those numbers count for not, you know, <laughs> like their large numbers except, don't mean shit. Like, <laughs> except they didn't have the hunchback of Notre Dame betray them. Yeah, yeah, there is that. I mean, they did. Oh, that's that's one of my least favorite things about Braveheart is is the portrayal of Robert the Bruce as this sort of almost Weasley weak. Um. Oh, I hate you, Dad. Yeah, he's just this like sad boy, um, who is just like I'm gonna do everything I can for my dad to like me, and it's just like that's not how it went. It's like my dad's the yeah, one who's doing we, all these machinations for me, and it's just that's like totally unrelatable. No, no man's ever tried to get daddy to love him. <laughs> no. <laughs> right, Jack. We don't have any daddy issues. Oh, no, guys. sir. Oh, guys. Oh, guys. <laughs> this is when it turns into therapy, right? Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so the Battle of Sterling Bridge not actually taking place on a bridge. That's a huge issue. Um, uh, so, and then you even have... Oh, goodness. Um think like there's a couple of big deaths quote-unquote big deaths that don't happen at this um like uh andrew moray who is one of the he was one of the commanders of the scots army he's fatally injured at the battle of sterling bridge i don't even think he's in uh in the battle in the film um and uh it just goes on and on um but that depiction of actually utilizing peasant weapons is, is something that i would say uh, a lot of medieval films don't utilize enough um everyone like gets a sword like sickles and whatnot yes um so especially with your armies in in scottish wars of independence these are farmers who are being called to fulfill you know a feudal duty um these aren't people who can necessarily afford a sword uh so they will use whatever they have sickles pitchforks scythes um spears and pikes which are really just big pointy sticks you know it's this um flails like these all these are all things that start as peasant weapons these are all tools before their weapons um or if you're mel gibson you can stab your first enemy with a deer antler peasant weapon i'll take it you know <laughs> um yeah uh oh yeah that the the depiction of his wife, um, who uh, in the film is Murren, um, we aren't, uh, historically speaking, not 100% sure who his wife was. Um, 
if if he was indeed married even like this whole motivation um that we see in the film for him sort of coming to the scottish cause of like you killed my wife um i'm gonna wipe out my your wife. garrison my wife <laughs> um <laughs> uh you killed her because i wouldn't let you exercise your um right of the first night prima prima noctis which didn't really exist um or was not that it didn't exist but was more of it was a monetary exchange and not like uh yes the lord of the land gets to sleep with like gets to have sex with your wife before you do that so was it more like a tax thing for getting married yeah um especially okay. yeah so it also i mean the government still does that with marriage certificates like yeah absolutely but it was it it's it's essentially the same um the same thing so that sort of right of the first night was more like a tax that you would pay to the the lord of that land to the church as well of like i'm taking her like her value out of your community like so here's her value essentially um so like debatably better than you know uh. eh. It's not great, but it is better than, you know, crusty old white man who says, ah, you're getting married, but you got to sleep with me first. Um, I was gonna, they did a really good job of making all those dudes super creepy, like especially oh, yeah. the like the one dude who like tries to assault Muran. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, like, I don't know what I was expecting out of a sexual assault scene but yeah. lick, licking the face was like that made me like i was like Ugh. like yeah yeah like more uncomfortable like i like i'm not sitting here saying i was expecting no. to be comfortable during a scene like that right. but that ramped it up a notch yeah um it, because it really does make her like he is viewing her as uh, like a piece of meat almost it's like i can i can consume you however i want um and it's gross and i hate it and like good on murin for um killing biting his face biting his face doing some damage um bad on them for then uh killing her uh which is one of the most heartbreaking scenes i've ever seen in my life um the way that was filmed but it definitely uh, but, it definitely does get us on William Wallace's side like really quickly. Yeah. Like yeah. as soon as you because like it's immediately followed up with like a Monty Python level of violence where like yes. one of my one of the things that stuck out to me in that scene when he goes and like pillages the fort. Yeah, just he, like, absolutely literally, wastes it. Yeah, but he like he cuts the leg off of one of these uh yes soldiers and it looked just like the scene where like <laughs> the black, the black yeah it's like i've defeated you no you haven't yeah it's yeah. just just like a clean like like just i don't know it was it was absurd and that's yeah. something that happens throughout this entire film is the absurd amount of violence like the yeah we There's... have the same thing where a dude gets his head cut off in a very similar fashion like, yeah it's it's 
it's like how many buckets of blood did they go through uh for this um it's just blue blue paint mud and blood and that that's how you get braveheart i think you just put all of those in a bowl and you mix it together and you just sprinkle in some mel gibson and you get you get braveheart um yeah uh it's I, I do think that the sort of chaos of a medieval uh, a medieval battle is um, well depicted in Braveheart, you know? Um, it's just a matter of uh, uh, who was where at what point that it really, um, it really fails to, to address. And then, yeah, even just William Wallace, needing this this horrible thing to happen for him to be on the side of his countrymen um that's not entirely accurate um i mean he's he is pretty quickly named like defender of scotland like he's the one who's really that was that was a scene that i think is really really underrated in this film is mm. when they knight him yes and it, it only lasts i don't know maybe a minute or two long yeah. but you know we we see a lot of like medieval politics mm -hmm. of like dukes and kings yeah. and lords and all that stuff in a lot of films and i think those films always kind of portray it as the like you know the part of this film where it's like Longshanks, I'm going over to France to strengthen our position. Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how a lot of people view most of politics at that time. But in this scene, the thing that stuck out to me is where you have they knight him, and immediately a guy walks up, he's like, So do you recognize our right to yeah. secession? And it's it it quickly devolves into like a room full of guys just yelling at each other about whose paper is more right yeah like they're literally holding just scrolls of paper and they're like yeah no i'm more legitimate than you yeah and it's like it's all fucking made up guys like yeah it's like you're looking for direct lines um and there are none anymore at that point <laughs> uh you're looking you're like you have this opportunity to no longer do and this is me i guess putting on um, a contemporary morality into the past of like, you have an opportunity to do something completely new and you're just going to keep doing the same thing um, of, of keeping it like in one almost still like very divine right of Kingsy kind of way, um, which is a bummer. <laughs> so but, I know you've yeah. mentioned quite a few things that you had a distaste for in this film. Yeah. Uh, Jack, what would be your least favorite aspect of this film? <clears throat> hmm. It's three hours long of trying to understand Scottish accents. Uh, the accents <laughs> I didn't really have much trouble with. I usually watch movies with subtitles anyway, okay. much yeah. to my brother's annoyance. Um, but yeah, it was certainly it was an investment. Yeah. <laughs> and the 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 femboy king which one was what was his name oh that's that's prince edward 
Oh yeah, Prince Edward. That was yeah. A Tom, bit just, heavy-handed. Speaking about Mel Gibson being homophobic. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's mm, how 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 accurate was that? The wait, twink he was Prince. gay. <laughs> I totally didn't get that. Oh my god. I I thought I just he, thought it was his close thought, friend. It's just guys yeah, being dudes. Just, <laughs> yeah. I thought he just Longshanks just tossed that dude out the window because he was being a smartass. Right. Oh my god. It definitely. Uh, yeah. It's um, just like historically speaking, Prince Edward not as incompetent as he is often depicted, um, or especially as he is depicted in Braveheart. Um, that being said, not super competent at all. Um, Isabella, uh, his wife, you know, did pretty quickly um, put their son on the throne ahead of him, um, just because, like, it wasn't his priority. Um, as he, one does. As one does. Um, she well, I mean, had. That, more I mean, that's of a what happened bone. with. Uh, yeah. That's what happened with Alexander, right? Uh, like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, like. Because I, yeah. I thought, didn't Alexander's mom kill a couple of people in order to yeah. get him like first in line? Yeah, I mean it's 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 a tale as old as time, um, <laughs> and and one that just always comes up, you know. Uh, but like it it wasn't his priority necessarily. It wasn't his prerogative to be like his father um his father being and i mean is braveheart might he, just be a film about daddy issues um my god we're getting close <laughs> cracking well, the case see william wallace hated the english because they killed his dad yeah you know, it's, it's this paternalism and yeah um it's all yeah, an allegory for daddy an issues allegory. and and england is treating scotland like a bad son and uh, <laughs> oh, it's a really, whole thing <laughs> really reaching for it here um it's 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 just metaphors and allegories and enigmas um but yeah you have longshanks who is this incredible um this incredible military leader um a very savvy politician um who sees this opportunity scotland is left without uh, without its monarch and he sees this opportunity to take control um and to do it in a way that makes it very difficult for the scots to fight back um so um like even skipping forward to the end of the film when Wallace is charged with treason, he never officially swore fealty to Longshanks or to England. Therefore he could not have committed treason because he never officially like, like fell back on his like he oath. Can't, yeah. Can't, can't go back on his word. If he never, he never gave his yeah. word. Um, he was never, uh, he was never on the English side, which is something I don't think is emphasized enough in Braveheart. He's very much just like, go with the flow. Like if they don't bother us, we won't, or like, we don't bother them. They won't bother us. This, that, the other, like whatever. And it's, it's the 
the killing of his wife that incentivizes him to be like, ah, we've been under the English yoke for too long. Um, but he never, he never swore that oath to work with Longshanks to um, maintain a peace with England. Therefore, he should not have technically been tried with treason um, and not been hung, drawn, quartered, um, dragged through the squares or dragged just through the street, hung, hanged, excuse me, hanged, drawn, quartered, um, beheaded, all that, all that groovy, groovy stuff. Um, which, I mean, again, that's putting a contemporary morality on a, uh, on the past. But I mean, if, if Longshanks was trying so hard to create this strong legal base for his um, dominion over Scotland, that should have been honored as well. But now we're getting into a law thing. <laughs> oh, if we don't love a good law discussion around. Oh, here. yes. <laughs> Uh, so I think it's about that time. What is, uh, what is everybody drinking this night tonight? Veronica? Oh yeah. Abs I couldn't decide. Um, I definitely knew I wanted to do something with scotch. I couldn't decide if I wanted to do a rusty nail, uh, if I wanted to lean in and do a Rob Roy, which is another Scottish history film <laughs> that if you ever need someone, uh, on board, that's a great one with Liam Neeson. Um, but I ended up you just... You love me some Liam Neesons. As he's great. Um, uh, I, I've i just been drinking scotch uh, on the rocks. Um, I've been drinking uh, Shale Dag, which is a blended scotch whiskey um, from the Lock of the Herring. Uh, so Ooh. that's what I've been... Sounds fancy. Fella. Uh, it's, it's good. It's, um, it's not super peaty like a lot of Highland scotches are um so it doesn't have as much of that smoke it still has that smoke because it is still scotch but um it doesn't taste like licking an ashtray i'm so sorry <laughs> call it like you see it yeah um so yeah i've just been drinking scotch on the rocks today nice jack mellow yellow yes uh, yes as all great scotsmen Drink. Yep, a traditional Scottish drink, isn't that right, Veronica? Absolutely, they love it. Are you? Are you <laughs> continuing the 2024 uh, reserve? I love it. <laughs> are you continuing your dry January streak? Hell no, broke that. Oh shit! <laughs> oh, yeah, I got. Okay, I was gonna go ham on February first, but I wasn't feeling well, so I skipped it. Drank a bit too much last night, went to play practice, slightly hung over, and that was, well, it wasn't fun at all. Yeah. I mean, I guess I it imagine. depends on the play. Did it help you get into character at least? No. Ah, damn. <laughs> Just wanted to go home and sleep. I was going to say, if it was a Tennessee Williams, I think you would have been fine. <laughs> the, uh, the play is Clue. Oh, you should have been fine. <laughs> But I was Wadsworth the butler. It's mostly oh, becoming of a butler. Yeah, he's got he's got a lot of lines. Yeah, he oh, does. No. <laughs> I, boy, I, I shit the bed on the final monologue, too. Oh. Holy crap. I thought I had it's, it down. Guess not. Oh, it's fine. You still got a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh... <laughs> that sounded so pained. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I wasn't feeling too good after I think it was two episodes ago when we did uh U five seven one. Oh, the torpedo juice. Yeah, that was a terrible fucking choice. Um, yeah. Not do it not doing that again. Now I have a bottle of Everclear that sits in my cabinet I'm never going to touch again. So make some um, hand sanitizer. <laughs> guess i could do that uh i followed a very similar route to you tonight which is uh i got myself some lafroy so yeah i just had a single glass of that and then i've been alternating that with a very stiff glass of water so oh i love that see i have my uh i have my my iron brew on backup so this is actually your scottish soda um it's bright orange um it's an argument as to what it actually tastes like uh if you're in scotland it's iron brew it tastes like iron brew um but like what's coke taste like coke yeah it tastes like coke um iron brew is like i said it's bright orange i think it tastes kind of like an orange creamsicle like it's got a sort of orange creamy almost like bubblegum taste it's really delicious it's loaded with caffeine and it also used to have uh i think it might still have it quinine in it um Ooh, anti-malarial properties absolutely <laughs> so uh you know i think i think one reason iron brew is so popular um well i mean it's it's scottish so there's only two places in the world where coca-cola is not the number one selling soda um or that i think i might be conflating facts here uh so scotland you know well yeah we'll, so, we'll take it out yeah scotland i've had some scotch so um, scotland um the number one selling soda is iron brew and russia uh coke is i think the number two or three the number one selling soda is also iron brew in russia um which i think is incredibly fascinating and i don't know why um I haven't been and able here to I figure thought it, it was going to be the Germans and their Fanta. Yeah. Um, nope, not that I know of. Uh, but yeah, uh, Iron Brew used to have quinine in it, um, which, like you said, anti-malarial. Um, and, you know, when you have like the East India Trading Company and you have England getting into all of these tropical places, the people that they send in to um, sort of organize uh organized indigenous indigenous armies were scots so you have superior officers who are english who are commanding scots who are commanding um folks on the indian subcontinent uh because oh the scots are barbarians too they they speak the same language um so, well, it's like that scene in uh, Glory where they have the Irish sergeant where he's yeah. like, <laughs> they'll learn eventually. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when you have so many uh, so many folks in uh, India suffering from malaria, and again, you have like the gin and tonic gets developed this way as well. Um, I think that's also just why Iron Brew has quinine in it. <laughs> I don't know. So, it's from 1901, so it's a little late for able, that, but yeah. Are you able to get this here in America or do you have to like Amazon Prime it from Scotland? Um, there's a couple of places. So if you uh, particularly live um, 
where there's big Scottish populations. Um, so I very luckily used to live uh, close by to an Irish market. It was specifically an Irish market um, that had a section of yummy goodies from from um, England, Ireland, Scotland. Um, so Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland were all represented there. And I was able, I would get it there. <laughs> And it was the best. Uh, so, but I do also think you can Amazon Prime it. Like, I, it is it is attainable. I think if you do it that way, you can only get like the twenty four pack. So, like, it's kind of a hefty investment. See if you can find it in one bottle first and try it because it is an acquired taste. Um, and I very much enjoy it. And so I I like I like having it around. <laughs> but um, that's what I've been. Well, I'm sure if. You know, I might give it a shot and anything I don't like, I'll just ship over to Jack. So yeah, it's great. He's, he's all about the mystery flavors. Yeah. Yeah. I love soda, love soft drinks, possibly too much. I know that's, that's, that's completely reasonable. Uh, but yeah, Iron Brew, I love it. It tastes like it's, it's orange and it tastes delicious in my opinion um so i hope uh, if you guys get your hands on it you enjoy it as well um and then you can always like just put i wouldn't recommend putting scotch in it but you can always spike it with something uh, if you want to make it into a little cocktail but uh, i'm sure something probably pairs well with it i think you could probably get a good gin for it um just put some everclear in it <laughs> i'm good I'm good. Never again. Yeah, me too. Never, never again. Uh, no, I took I took a hearty nap after the torpedo yeah. juice day. Yeah, but. and and it's just to think that that was just what they like. That was how they passed their time, uh, especially as a torpedo man. A torpedo man was just like, you're not busy until you are. <laughs> so you're just gonna be absolutely hammered. Uh, until you're needed and then you need to move a 2,000 pound highly explosive object on a skid into a tube well i mean <laughs> take the edge off a little bit oh absolutely i'm sure i'm sure the uh i'm, I'm sure the the panic studies uh for torpedo men who were slightly drunk well i mean they did have now i'm infringing onto submarine territory here they did have um, it was technically a dry navy, but they did have like medicinal whiskey, like set aside or brandy, like for courage. So it's like when they were getting depth charged, they were like, we've been doing this for a while and everyone's really freaked out. So everyone, here's a shot and they would feel better. <laughs> um, I can't say I've ever no. felt better after a singular shot. Usually I'm a yeah, you need two a or three shot guy yeah. to to get feeling good. So. Yeah. But uh yeah, torpedo juice is a fun uh a fun a fun thing. It was it was yeah, it was a fun experiment not doing it again. Yeah. Um <laughs> So Jack, I don't know about you, but I think it's about that time we uh rate this film. Yep. And Let's see. As as we have done in the past, we like to do a little unique rating film to film. 
And going back to Jack's favorite part of this, which is the uh, mooning scene, <laughs> um, there was one buttocks that stuck out to me, and that was the guy who forgot to put up his shield and took an arrow to the buttocks. Yes. So what happens? I, I think on a scale of one to five arrows in the butt would be uh, <laughs> ass arrows. Yeah, ass one to five arrows. ass Yes, one to five ass arrows. And this wouldn't have happened if he'd been wearing pants like he was supposed to be. <sighs> <laughs> That's the freedom they're fighting for, the freedom from pants. The freedom from, I, aren't we all? Man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a great movie <laughs> critic, but... Um... Jack, one to five ass arrows. You know... I went into this not expecting a documentary, just a movie to entertain me. And by God, I got it. You got to yeah. give it four, eh, four out of five ass arrows. <laughs> Christ, it's a weird thing to say. Yeah, it is. I love it. <laughs> Veronica, how many uh, ass arrows? So in terms of the amount of pain it gives me, <laughs> five ass arrows i feel like suffering it's a lot of suffering for me uh just in terms of historical accuracy um but i it's i i i really enjoy it as a film i really enjoy it as a movie um and i i can sit and watch it repeatedly which is a problem so like i want to also give it just in terms of how much i enjoy it five ass arrows because it's the most amount of arrows you can put in the ass in this case <laughs> um, I think there needs to be a study done about how many arrows an ass can actually hold but I, yeah um <laughs> Or just like one like ballista, like one ballista arrow, you know, <laughs> like one of the big ones. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like I said, it's one of my favorites. I I'll give it, I'll I'll, I'll rescind it. I'll get a four and a half. So I've broken off one of the arrows, one <laughs> of the ass arrows. So four and a half ass arrows. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I think I I enjoy this movie. I think it's a very good movie, mm -hmm. even with, you know, the historical inaccuracies aside. Mm -hmm. But for me, because I don't know shit, <laughs> I don't I don't get bugged by it. So right. yeah, absolutely. It it's just a it's just a fun action movie. Mm -hmm. It's a fun sword film. Mm -hmm. I. I think this is one of those things where it's like, you know, we we only touched on it a little bit, but like, you know, this is one of those times that like an action film has in, or a war movie has inco mm -hmm. incorporated a love story and it isn't yeah. just like, ugh, like, you know. It's more than one like, love story. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not even, we have two separate love stories and yeah. neither one of them are overdone. It's not like Pearl Harbor and its stupid triangle of, <laughs> just nonsense okay listen i know um, that we hate pearl harbor here but also i love josh hartnett so. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with josh hartnett it's just a garbage movie it is yeah 
Uh, no, but the part where like Kate Beckinsale has to like use her lipstick to do triage. I love it. It's no, that, it's that, a, that was a great. good, that was a good scene. <laughs> but yeah, I understand the, yeah, yeah, there's. Uh, there's only one thing that kept me alive in those cold waters. And yeah. that was the thought of getting back to you. Yeah. Rafe, I'm pregnant. Okay. Really? Like. <laughs> you have to, it's about the drama. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yes. you got two love stories in Braveheart. One of them never happened. William Wallace never there's, met Isabella. So there's there's fun combat in this yes. film. There's great dialogue. I yes. love all the one liners. My only real complaint in this film is it just seems a little too long for my liking. Yeah. Uh, anytime we hit anytime we hit that like three hours mm -hmm. plus mark, yeah. I start to lose interest. So, but with all that said, I still think it's a fantastic film. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it, it won like five Oscars. If it I won a lot. Right. Yeah. So it... I'll give it an arrow for each Oscar. So five arrows. Hey. hey. <laughs> Man, I feel bad. Whoever, whoever's ass those arrows are in. Yeah. Should have invested. So in Jack, <sighs> what does yep. Ron Tomatoes say? Right. I totally have that pulled up. Um, <laughs> Tomatoes, Braveheart. Well, it's a good thing we have the ability to edit around here. Anyways, 85% um, audience score and a 76% tomato score. I'm Tomometer. Actually, I'm actually kind of shocked by that. I was yeah. expecting the uh, critic score to be higher, but... I kind of expected the audience to be higher on this one. Yeah. <laughs> well, well yeah, I think... I'm not I'm not mad at like an 85% rating on no. this. Yeah. yeah. Apt, I'd say. Yeah, I think yeah. I think most people run into that same issue of like it's how long? <laughs> um and I think that just automatically uh knocks it down a little bit. Is it's really long and I think well I mean, nowadays it would have been split into two or three films. Ah, um, uh, yes, Mini Braveheart one and, and Braveheart two, Brave Harder, Brave um, Harder, too brave, too hard, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it would. I would honestly kill for, um, like a, a miniseries. Uh, about the Scottish Wars of Independence. I think that would be, um, I think that would be really groovy. I, I really like that idea. And we're just going to keep making movies instead, which is fine because then you get Chris Pine as Robert the Bruce, um, which was also astonishingly fine. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'll like. What a recommendation. It is. Astonishingly average. Yeah, I am. Um, it's I spend so much of my time watching movies about Scottish people where they're not. There's no Scottish people actually involved, and then it's like Chris Pine is Robert the Bruce, and I was like, yeah, I'll I'll bend my rules for Chris Pine, <laughs> and his his weird Scottish accent in that film, um, which uh. I can also, I do, um, if Braveheart is not your speed, if that's too long, I do recommend Outlaw King, which gives you uh, the the sort of follow-up to Braveheart 
um, in a shorter time. Uh, and it also has um, some really great long shanks, uh, really great long shanks uh, content, uh, including the use of the werewolf, the giant trebuchet that he built. Um, so if you're very much into medieval warfare um, and like siege weaponry, and like you mentioned, Kingdom of Heaven, which is also one of my favorite movies. Um, so if you're really into the, the siege weaponry, I highly recommend also checking out um, Outlaw King. Uh, that one's very, very good. Well, maybe we can have you back sometime. We can do that film next. I would love to. Any of your Scottish history needs, I'm here for. <laughs> All right. Great. So... Veronica, if yep. there's anything you would like the people to know, any social media accounts or anything to push for the museum you work for, oh, yeah. uh, the floor is yours. Have at it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, if you're interested in just keeping up with anything that I'm uh, sort of up to, uh, I am on Instagram at vault, A-L-T uh, underscore pro. Um, and so that's where you'll find fun museum content. Uh, so I'm currently working with uh, the battleship New Jersey uh, again nothing to do with Scotland uh, still working on how it actually pertains to Scotland in any way as well um, but uh, it's a it's a pretty cool pretty groovy place we're looking at uh, dry docking so um, if you're interested in, in keeping up to date with how how that's getting managed um, that's a good are you going to be doing like a similar series that Texas did with their dry docking uh, I believe so. That's, uh, that's not my department technically. So, <laughs> oh, okay. um, I wish, uh, I wish I, I was in that a little bit more, but I do know we have, um, the, the battleship has some stuff coming up. Uh, you can check out that YouTube channel, um, for more information about their dry docking, um, our dry docking. That's where I work. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what I've got. Um, if you're, I, I post, uh, I post a, a lot of content about um, obviously Scottish history and, and um, its impact, uh, Scottish impact on uh, particular, just particularly modern American life. Um, and uh, if you ever want like an Appalachian genealogy, that's something that I also can do. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> well, it has been great having you with us. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, My pleasure. For those of you who enjoyed this episode, uh, please leave a review. The stars do matter. If you want additional content from us, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Discord under the Armchair Commanders uh, podcast. Uh, terrific news, everybody. Our YouTube channel is now also the Armchair Commanders podcast. Yay! Yay! That's so exciting. Now when, you, now when you Google us, everything's in the same place. Um, yes, we we ditched the, the old YouTube name. Uh, it used to be my personal uh, YouTube account. I've since changed it. So everything is Armchair Commanders podcast across the board. Uh, so like, share, subscribe, follow part whatever the thing is for the smash platform. that subscribe button <laughs> smash that motherfucking <laughs> subscribe button <laughs> i've never made that statement yet so i well I you don't have to because i did <laughs> I don't know. like uh, video comments, jack 
our film for next week is going to be the Bedford Incident, which is a delightful uh, Cold War film that turns hot. So uh, if you're into the Cold War or more ship type stuff, uh, one of our friend, one of uh, our friend from History X referred him to us. So that will be our next episode. Ooh, uh, sounds thrilling. Jack, do you have anything else? Um, I do not. All right. Well, we've greatly appreciated everybody joining us. Until next time, I've been John. And I'm Jack. And I'm Veronica. Yay. <laughs> Yay, we figured it out. <laughs> the amount of times that's caused us problems. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of editing on my part I've had to, to do. Uh, until then, we will see We'll catch you later. Bye.